listening to the All Things Geekery podcast. This is episode 14 of season three, a cyberpunk classical. I'm your host, Detached. Hey guys, and I'm Victus. We want to welcome everyone back to the show. And if it's your first time with us, we want to thank you for stopping in and joining us. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. In this episode, we're first going to talk about the very recent re-release of WoW Classic and how it has reunited the Warcraft community. We will then discuss our thoughts about a resurgence of players that have returned back to a blocky game we've all loved and played. Next, we'll talk about the released information that hit about Destiny 2's new Battle Pass type system, which will be coming with Shadowkeep. And finally, we are going to talk about the most recent trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine and also the deep dive video for Cyberpunk 2077. Mm, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, you know what? Yeah, I know. Just realizing um, how big of a topic we've got listed down. <laughs> you depends know, we've on got, how many rabbit holes we go down. We always go down rabbit holes. Well, I know. Jeez. You know, as far as the games that have, are coming up, well, let's let's think technology, games, media, entertainment, just like those four categories right there over the next, what is it? It's, well, it's September now. From September to December. So the next three and a half months worth of stuff that is going to be launching and coming out is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, Yeah. There's so many things. So many new games that are coming oh, out. And Lord. That is what, um, that's what's kind of surprising about it. a couple of the games we're going to be talking about is that they're not new games. They're either a re-release of a classic, wow, yeah. classic or a just a, a game that's come back up to be sometimes number one, number two on Twitch. <laughs> it kind of came out of Minecraft of all things came out of left field like, hey, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Um, but uh, what, let's talk about WoW Classic because now we're we're talking about two to, two different things. One, because you are playing it, I am not. Yes, I'm play, I'm replaying it vicariously through your Twitch channel right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I originally wasn't going to play it. I was just going to be a viewer. But then after listening to a couple people, that it was going to be. Kind of this once you're never going to experience this again. You, you net you've now had a second chance. It, you know that we're talking right before release to experience what WoW was on release, or even it, with a slight change to it because everybody knows what it is already and people know how to the areas and it's not just brand new stuff. Yeah, but still you get to experience what the game was unblemished, unexpanded just right off the bat with one slight change to it just to help with the massive influx of people. Oh, Thank that's, you, that's ridiculous. Well, you look at the, you look at the span that the game has been out from launch to now we're talking 15 plus years. Mm -hmm. So the technology that existed back then just was not what we have today with the community building apps, the streaming community was not what it is at all i mean youtube how, how old is youtube now great uh, question i don't remember when youtube was formed but 15 years ago we didn't even have that big of a youtube community i think youtube is only maybe 10 plus years old so 
that I think mixed with the giant hype that this game once was with all of the gaming communities mixed together. The fact that Blizzard, I think, is still, I don't know, to me, Blizzard is still one of the top gaming producers out there because they've dominated in that realm for so long. Mm -hmm. I think there's just a good vibe with the community. Yeah, I think there's going to be a up and down for any game company, but I think Blizzard... Blizzard's been around this long for a reason. They're good at what they do, and they've made some amazing games. Um, one question I had for you, though, is how does your experience over the last couple of weeks since WoW Classic has relaunched compared to how you played when it was first launched? Honestly, it, so it was been so long since I hopped in. I hopped in at uh, towards the middle of Burning Crusade. So uh, there was already several patches probably about a year's time, an expansion that had already happened to the game. But a lot of the DNA hadn't changed compared between vanilla, what I'm playing right now, and what I picked up in coming in Burning Crusade. Um, main thing was probably the new world that we were going to, and also now we had flight, which completely changed the dynamic of the game basically forever. Uh, but the grind is still as horrible <laughs> as it was back then but the grind is never i should say the grind was as long as it was back then but with that said it will only be bad if you are doing it by yourself and you're just sitting there grind 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 um you can offset if you're doing it by yourself to like really dive into the individual stories that are being told because there's like so much stuff to read about the quest you're going on, why you're going on them, and it connects you all throughout the world on your journey. But what really is what brings Classic together is when you have other people to play with. Is that 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 experience, right? The, to figuring out, okay, I, I got this quest. I, I'm looking for, you know, hey, can I get some help with this one? We've been trying at this boss for forever. Um, a lot of it required that interaction to complete or to help out. Hey, you're in a you're in a you know guild now. Uh, you have designated tailors, you have designated chanters, etc. Helping out the guild building bags or armor or whatever it may be weapons. So that that unification of the community is what really set apart WoW Classic and even in Burning Crusade. And then you could even say about Wrath Lich King that not a whole lot of you know, there, that was still needed there. But once you got past that, the need to reach out to and support each other was no longer there. There was much more hand-holding about the leveling process, the the instances, like when they finally implemented the uh, looking for dungeon system where you just hit a button and you queue up for a random dungeon. Although it was nice, absolutely much better than having to go out and find those individual dungeons to go into it was the slow decline of the this forced need to you know connect with people to be able to accomplish something and well, you, accomplishing that is what made those memories it, that's exactly what i was getting ready to say is that always made the best part of an mmo for me is the relationships the connecting the friendships that you made online 
the games were always fun. The stories were always amazing, but it was those connections that you made with people that made the game stand out and above anything else. And I think that is something that a lot of gaming communities are missing nowadays because the games that we have, they don't, they don't have that same feel as an MMO. We've got some new age games that have tried to make this hybrid MMO and it has a little bit of that feel, but not like the classic games were back in the day. Yeah. Well, that and, it, and you know, like you had brought up, we this re-release is being augmented. The experiences are being augmented because uh, just immediately bringing up streamer standpoint, they have communities behind them that are helping that person out. Um, watching Tim the Tapman when he was leveling up. People, he was like, I need some mats. And then whoosh, there's three guys trying to trade with him. Here's mats, right? Or, you know, helping each other out because it's like instant communication. They know he needs something. Or uh, you already, being that this is a re-release, people, a lot of those veterans already know all the areas of how to quest. They already know all the quests, especially those that have gone back to private classic or vanilla servers and been playing on them for so long so uh you have all that and you have watching the entertainment from twitch mixer and facebooks that are happening right now <laughs> yeah there's a lot of a uh, lot of really funny stories bloopers conversations happening all over the place it's cool yeah. to see it really is cool yeah. to see um so all that that that's new aspect to world of warcraft classic and I think that is just helping along the experience and removing that uh, really long grind to hit 60, which is max level currently in Classic. It doesn't change until we get to the expansion for Burning Crusade, uh, which uh, I think in, what, three and a half days of playtime, somebody hit level 60. That is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, that's, that's basically nonstop grind 15 hours a day. Yeah, he nonstop and even what well, he he yeah, he did 15 hours a day. He still said he got adequate sleep at night. Um uh, but <laughs> through through uh through a combo of, of people helping him and um him utilizing the new layer system because one that's one thing they cuz they knew this massive influx of people all coming to the first spawns. There's going to be so many people fighting over loots that they basically created layers of the game where you would spawn in layer 1 but you couldn't see and interact with people of layer two. They would have their own designated mobs, even though technically you're in the same server and in the same area, they rolled this out to help with that. And I got to say, it's a smart move. It is a smart move because it would have made starting in those worlds for weeks while people tried to get loots out of that area. Cause there would have been a thousand people right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of that still happened, but not nearly on the scale that it could have been. So, but yeah, he, he hit 60 and the, the server threw a parade for him. Like all oh, hundreds to thousands of different players came to, he was a gnome. So they came to Stormwind and grant, you know, greeted him back with, with parades and showed off, you know, congrats to him. And, uh, uh, it just shows Another thing that shows kind of the popularity, this kind of resurgence back into it, is there was 350,000 people watching him hit level 60. Wow. When he did it. And that is just phenomenal. 
phenomenal. I mean, that's that is rivaling any of the live um, games total viewer count out there. Yeah, on Twitch. Yeah, that's big. Uh, yeah, that's, even that's, during their biggest cool. events, and this is a guy hitting sixty on World of Warcraft Classic. <laughs> when when it launched, when it went live, there was one point one million live viewers for WoW Classic on Twitch. Well, I think this says something a lot about the gaming community and just the group in general. If we've got this much interaction for a game that's 15 plus years old and there's this much excitement for it, I think it just goes back to show gamers really want a community. They they enjoy the friendships more than they yeah. enjoy the games. Yeah. Well, that's also what happens is like you're on these servers and so you'll connect with people across the servers. And so I remember when, you know, you could build up a reputation for yourself and you could be invited to raids or instances or battlegrounds, which was the PvP version. And people would recognize you even if they haven't played with you because your name would be shared throughout the server. As it started getting into like cross server stuff that started to muddle that reputation ability reputation building yeah so um but also played to where you kept people accountable because that one person would ninja loot and leave well your name got shared <laughs> quick oh yeah across the server to where you yeah. were blacklisted literally within seconds your name was just completely dragged right through the mud oh yeah um, nobody no and nobody would take you into a clan mm -mm. nope if they you know because they would be blasted through trade chats which is which oh is yeah like server wide blasted through the city so the world yeah. the world chat was just blow up <laughs> so yeah uh but to your point it is that community yeah they want that back. community and it's, it's people are loving see. it i'm loving it i'm i'm experiencing the grind i've connected with other streamers out there um and we're kind of group leveling up at the moment so yeah. You know, that's that's been fun on my end as well. Even though I'm not playing with you guys, I'm still and that's something that we didn't have 10, 15 years ago when we first started playing WoW. We didn't get the community aspect, but on this end, just being a mod on side of you know a Twitch channel, interacting with people in that form and fashion, and still having these communication chats and, and talks with the people who are playing is still fun and it's become very interactive for the people that maybe aren't playing, but they're just watching and enjoying the entertainment level because they've been able to sit there and ask questions and have direct feedback from the guys that are actually playing this game. Yeah. That's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, Blizzard listened to some feedback, uh, especially with server capacity and they, they took action, uh, the but they're going 80, for the long 82 long. hour load time. Yeah, no, some of those, the, the, well, what has become a, the streamer server, because a lot of streamers ended up going there, so they brought their communities with um, that created accounts. Um, the streamer server, I think, is just constantly maxed out. And we were, there was talks of like, if you prime time, if you got in at prime time, your queue was like five hours. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. And these but, well, and here's the funny thing: those guys are waiting the five hours, but they're also <laughs> sometimes missing their bit, and they go AFK, and it reloops them back into the, the queue. Yep, yep, that's happened. Poor Doctor Lupo, uh, that happened. 
That happened recently, just like two or three days ago, I think. Yeah. Yep. He had queued up and he had a he had the counter. He had it up on his stream, but he just didn't catch it that it put it into his into his character select, which means you're now in the server, and then it AFK'd him. So kicked him back out. So yeah. But they're playing the long call, so there's gonna be uh everybody kind of predicts it, and I think there's been rumors that it's gonna be confirmed is that it'll come, you know, the level out of the hype of people that were only going to play it for a month or so. Yeah. Are, and the steady players are going to have a free server transfer to kind of level out the servers. So attempt to at least. Um, but yeah. So yeah, while classic, uh, it is going strong right now, right now on Twitch. Uh, it is just behind uh, Fortnite uh, by only like 10 K viewers. But it's holding strong above everybody else right now. We'll see how it does from here on out. Maybe as they continue, like because they're releasing patches in kind of the same time frame that they did vanilla WoW. So uh, we're expecting our first patch, which is going to have the honor system, which is PvP, and our battlegrounds. So you can actually have the PvP section of the game come in, which I didn't know didn't release with vanilla, and it came later. So yeah, I, yeah, I thought I thought that was part of vanilla. I didn't realize that. Yep. So we're waiting on that. But yeah, very, very cool. So that is a 15 year old game that is now number two on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, then our blocky friend for which we've all played Minecraft. Oh, Minecraft. Um, wow. Uh, it, it it has remained up near the top. I would say a top 20 top 15 at yeah. most times for a um, long time. Yeah. But none of those. I, well, I mean, probably you had some big names in there playing it that people all knew from the Minecraft community, but all of a sudden there was your Fortnite players, your destiny players, your, uh, name it, your variety players out there. were all of a sudden playing Minecraft. Just, out of the blue, somebody said it's because PewDiePie started playing it again, or I don't, I, I've never actually looked at where it traced to where the start was, but um, Courage JD, Dr. Lupo, uh, right now, Professor Broman's playing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was playing for a little bit up until yeah. uh, now Classic hit, uh, and I had a little bit of Destiny to do to get done with this season before um, Shadowkeep. But it's like, what? what's brought everybody back? Like, what? what What's happening? I mean, yeah. I know my reason, which was, you know, for one, I never actually really played on PC and like integrated texture packs and shaders. I haven't even gone to mods yet on PC because that's just a completely you could build a completely separate game with mods. Yeah, I haven't done I haven't done any of the texture packs or mods. Most of my Minecraft time was all on console. Yeah. Same here. Like uh, I've spent hours on my console map oh but, yeah but uh going to pc you know started over but adding that shader and texture it's like a completely different game it looks beautiful too with what they've and, done yeah and now we have uh a kind of tech demo of what ray tracing looks in minecraft and i'm almost positive they say it is coming to minecraft but it, like it needs to be here because that was gorgeous that is what a modern minecraft would look like right there with that ray tracing so much fun with playing with it yeah 
Yeah, Minecraft is one of those games that I played a lot of, especially when the kids really started enjoying the game itself and just building. We had tons of fun just making things in the game. And that was always a fun aspect of it. But yeah, playing on PC is a different experience for sure. And now that those texture packs are in there, the kids, uh, and I see, I keep saying kids, you know, I'm a gamer. It doesn't matter how old I get it. My kids <laughs> and I, we like playing games together. It's just fun. Yeah. But yeah. they've seen, they've seen these texture packs, you know, their eyes get really big and they're like, wow, I want to, I want to do that. And I think that's been the, uh, the big hit for, for Minecraft as well. It, it has always been a fun game. They even did the whole Telltale Games style of the story-based version of Minecraft as well. That's right. And that yeah. was a lot of fun because you you fell in love with these characters and now you get to see the whole story unfold in a decision-based style game. So Minecraft is still one of my top favorites of all time. Yeah, I mean, because the... No if you start a new world, then it, that is going to be a completely different experience than the world you did before. If you put, uh, have friends come in and join you completely separate experience. If you are on PCs so you can add texture and shaders, then completely separate experience. You know, uh, the amount of different options and different ways you can play is limitless. Yeah, you can play is. on creative, you can play on survival, you could, hey, let's do a challenge. I'm going to beat the game, which I think is technically killing the Ender Dragon without dying. As hardcore mode, right? Because they, they have that now where you die and you lose everything. You're just done. You're just done. You have to start um, at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. So a lot of, some people have been picking that up. Uh, but yeah, just, just endless customization. And mm. Being from console, those got updated slower than PC. Coming over to PC, so much extra stuff yeah. was there. So that's what kept me playing. And like some of these uh, that have gone over from Fortnite, same thing. They haven't played in forever, but they were heavy Minecraft players. You know, put a lot of hours, and they're coming back to it. But it's also, it's just a chill game to play. It is, and that's what I was getting ready to say. Is it's super chill. And if you're if you're a hardcore gamer and you spend a lot of time in grindy games, which we do, we grind a lot of games and we we put a lot of hours into making good content. This is one of those games that, uh, and, and I've always heard it, and it's something that we always say as well: is you you play a game to to grind and you stream it and you make content of it, and then you always have a game off the side that you can just play for fun. Minecraft yeah. was always one of those games for me. It was a good getaway game. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people are saying. It's just a fun, chill getaway game for those that um, were you know grinding Fortnite's, the Destinies. For me, it was it was finding that chill game from Destiny. Um, bringing an interaction just makes it that much better because you never know what's going to happen. And playing it on stream, it actually has become extremely enjoyable uh, with it. But we'll we'll see how long. Uh, it lasted still right now it's dropped down to about number 15 16 on the twitch yeah. list it was for a while there it was up at number one number two um yeah. some people have gone to just playing minecraft because they've actually done better uh on minecraft so like courage jd he has yeah. been almost non-stop playing minecraft and his and viewership his, has been way better yeah his viewership has been up his follower count has gone up 
Um, so yeah, it's starting to click with several people there. And I think, uh, so if you look at, uh, look at brand loyalty, right? I think mm -hmm. we have the same thing happening with Twitch, Mixer, Facebook gaming, the streaming aspect of things. If you've got some brand loyalty, you've got some people who love watching the specific people. Sure. You've got people who just, they ingest content all of the time. They just, they enjoy seeing games, learning things, listening to podcasts, listening to make it videos, watching anything and everything that they can. They just enjoy that. And those are the people that are looking for variety streamers, right? And I think when you get somebody like Courage, who was very hardcore into a specific game, and now he's changed it up because his viewers, he's got some very dedicated viewers, uh, that kind of brings a resurgence back to the channel because it's new, it's fresh again. And I think that's something that we forget as gamers is there's kind of this lull period where you can just get completely burnt out and you don't realize you've gotten burnt out. And, and I think we are seeing that now with a lot of the big streamers that we've got three or four big games that have come back in, just like we've talked about. And you've seen their channels kind of explode again. We're seeing big numbers come back across these platforms. And just like a gamer, the viewers want to see new things again as well. Yeah, and they will. No matter, like, if the person starts a new world, it'll be a brand new experience. It's, you're not, you know, some people, you know, replay a game and most of it is similar. They make, make different decisions in the game. No, this is going to be completely different unless the, the, game, the gamer tries their hardest to completely rebuild exactly how it was before, which is almost impossible because the worlds are just randomly generated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll always have a new experience. There will be a new mob. You'll die to something new next time or however it may be. So definitely fun to see these older games come back in though it's been uh, it's been cool to cool to watch cool to see the the conversations and the funny little bloopers that are happening oh so many so many funny material happening on minecraft right now yeah it's good stuff um we've got some new games well not new games new expansions coming out destiny 2 is one of the Ones people have got their thumbs on, and uh, yeah, Shadow Keep is right around the corner. And with that, Luke Smith and the thirty days. Yeah, thirty days right around the corner. Uh, Luke Smith and Bungie have been pretty. I shouldn't say pretty active. They've been very active communicating with the community on social media, videos output at Gamescom, everything, and they've been feeding a lot of information about what we're getting with Shadow Keep and Destiny is getting a brand new battle pass quote unquote season pass system. Now see this is where all the Fortnite haters grab their pitchforks and torches <laughs> and come at Destiny saying, "Oh no, battle pass bad. Burn everything. Burn it. Burn well, it." And as soon as they said battle pass, you've got some people who love that system, some people who hate that system, and I think You've got the two sides, people who played Fortnite and saw the way the battle pass originally worked. Some people hated it. Some people liked it. So there's there's a lot of mixed bag of understanding of how this is going to function, what it's going to look like. People are you know screaming and yelling, pay to play, uh, pay to win. Uh, all this stuff is going around the community right now. But I think Bungie has done a really good job of communicating. There's still some questions that are floating out about how this is going to work. and. I think 
that'll just kind of flesh out over time. But one of the big things that Luke really brought out over the last couple of weeks is kind of how this system is going to be integrated and what we're actually getting. And the way this season pass is going to happen is each season is going to have a free version and a paid version that we can have. So this, this paid version is 10 bucks each, which mm-hmm. it's 10 bucks. I mean, go buy two Starbucks drinks. It's 10 bucks. Yeah. And I think that's no different than what Fortnite or even Dauntless. Let's take Dauntless for, for instance. It's a free game with paid options on the back end. Their battle pass system is freaking amazing. Yeah. It's a free game. It's fun. And if you want the content, then you can pay for it. If not, you can still go play the game and do what you want and still have fun. That's actually the system I would most compare what Destiny's doing right now is mm-hmm. how Dauntless has it going. Whereas you have two tiers and it lays it out the exact same way. You have your free tier, which if you're just playing Destiny as part of that, then you you can work your way through that tier. But if you actually purchase that season, uh, you can then get the work on both the free tier and the paid tier, which is part of the season. So you buy the season, you get access to that tier. Yeah. Now, if you get like the the yearly pass, which they release or are bundling with their game, basically. So if you like, you can go and buy like the digital deluxe of Shadowkeep. You get Shadowkeep and access to all next four seasons or so. I think there's four, four there's passes four. in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get access to all of them uh, and all that content. So it just depends on how you want to play. It's not people try to say it was a money grab, but it's really not when you break it down. It's just more content that you can as part of the season. Yeah, that wasn't going to be there previously up until they announced it right now. Nothing changed besides that. It's not going to be a perfect system. It never will be. But I don't think this is a money grab at all. I think this is Bungie listening to the community and they've gone back and done a really good job of relaunching since they pulled away from Activision to become their own company again and have control of their game and put out a good product. I think they're making some smart choices. They even pulled back the launch date of Shadowkeep because they wanted to make sure things were right. I think it's a, I think it's a smart play. And yeah. with things like the, the Battle Pass system, they're a company. They've still got to compete in the market. They've still got to be able to grab an audience. They've still got to be able to have some way to build their game. And I think a perfect instance of how some of the income comes through their system is the um, zero hour mission that we had for Outbreak Prime. Yep. That was a perfect instance of how the eververse system that we that we had for people buying into the specific materials you could get everything from cosmetic sets to whatever you whatever you wanted the income that they had off of that paid for all of the development work that happened for that zero hour mission and i think it's a smart way of doing things and we're we're seeing this with the battle pass now as well you can still play the game but if you want this additional content it's 10 bucks, or like you said, you buy Shadow Keep, it comes with it. And I think that's smart. There's some enticement for people to go out and uh, you know buy this thing. It's a good marketing ploy. Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely and, and you know with with the seasons happening they're kind of they're going to start treating the seasons as events that will only be happening in those seasons yeah so if you move on to the next one there could be event or strike like uh where you know to experience it you just had to be there and then you just had to be there is actually a quote from smith in his description of events of what they're wanting to see with it we've yeah. already seen some stuff like this like with uh, uh srl or in, in destiny one but like recently with the hollows eve event that happened you have basically a a modified instance that you could only play while you were there during that holiday period of time we could start seeing more inside seasons similar to that and there's another reason why they're doing it is they don't want to uh constantly fill up our hard drive space with uh data where destiny load times especially those that are not on ssds like every single console out there unless you've changed it they're going to be horrid they're going to reach a point of like skyrim level uh load times which is awful. Don't yeah. uh, oh my god, don't ever go to that direction. No. Yeah. So they're trying yeah. they're trying to remedy that. Uh, and I, I think I think what I think what they are saying by this whole rotating activity thing is gonna be smart. You know, there just comes a time where certain activities and things in the game they lose their luster and they've gotta be retired. You look at any yeah. MMO M, any good MMO out there has done the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they've, they've, uh, done that and they're even, they're even releasing even more stuff for the free players out there, which is, it's going to be for, for, for both, but an artifact, you're apparently going to get an artifact every season that's going to be themed after that season of what you have to do to level that artifact up. Yeah, so let's let's actually talk about the artifact and what we're going to be getting. Like the example that they have been giving over the last few weeks is uh, the Gate Lord's Eye, and it's a a customizable artifact that actually allows you to change the way your character plays because of the mods and different things that you can put onto your character. They're they're trying to allow your character to be more customizable and have more skills. And I think that's smart going into a, a large game like this. I mean, we're going into a lot of content, you know, brand new people that are coming in to destiny are going to be overwhelmed with the amount of material that they're going to have to play through to get to where they're coming. And I think one of the cool parts is, and Luke even said this when the new light comes out, which is October 1st. Yeah, it's going to hit with Shadowkeep. Yep. Yeah, so October 1st, they're going to have the new light. If you're brand new to Destiny and want to hop in, they're actually going to take all of the current players' guns, armor, anything, power level, and everything is getting moved to the power level of 750, which will be the start. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. That's going to allow people to, to have a good go at the game and be right in the mix of everything else that's going on. And I think things like this artifact are really going to bring a lot of customization. It's going to attract people because it's something that's new. It's fresh. 
They're going to be able to unlock new mods. They're going to be able to slot those things for their different weapons, their different armor. And the cool part is this artifact is going to change out because they did say at the end of each season, those, those seasonal type mods and different uh, things that we've added, those, those bonus power add-ons are going to reset. So our players, our tunes are going to continually have this rotational change from now on. And I kind of like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do too. Um, with, you know, it, even though they're helping out the, the free players a lot, there's still going to be a lot of exclusives that are to the season itself oh. to warrant you spending that money. This list is huge, guys. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm looking over it right now. I was like, I didn't even know yeah. half was on this list. Okay, let's just let's just walk through this list. So for season pass owners, which they get access to new seasonal activity, the Vex Offensive, which includes four legendary weapon drops, additional weekly and daily bounties, additional weekly challenges and powerful rewards which Bungie even said they're going to be changing up how powerful rewards work um, and, and the, way it, the way it functions, which I think is, is needed. It's good. Right now, there's so many activities that just kind of hand out powerful rewards for candy. It doesn't really do a whole lot for the uh, economy of the game right now. There's going to be a new weapon quest for an exotic bow called the Leviathan's Breath, uh, exclusive to Season Pass owners. There's the new exotic hand cannon, the Ariana's Bow. Uh, that's going to be awarded on rank 35 of the free track, or it will be awarded on rank 1 of the premium track, which is cool. That's a, that's a really cool incentive. And then we've got three seasonal legendary armor sets, one for each class, so the Hunter, the Titan, and the Warlock. There's going to be a complete set given during the first 25 ranks of the free track it's only 25 ranks there's not a whole there's i mean it's basically going to be easy to get in a sense or if you're on the premium side you get all that right up front at rank one that's cool yeah um you've also got the vex offensive which is a new seasonal activity this coming then you are going to have new ways of getting armor. So these seasonal activities are probably going to have tier levels, kind of like what we saw in Menagerie. There's going to be, you know, the entry level or there's going to be heroic. I think with the new system, there is going to be like tier one, tier two, tier three. And each one of those are going to award different styles of armor. Some, I think what I would like to see is what we've done in dungeons and other MMOs. If you go into a dungeon and you play the hard tier mode, you're getting the really good stuff. And I, I, I think that's the way the game should be set up. Yeah. Reward your players are willing to learn the system, put in the time, play the hard stuff. And if you know, if you can't get that, great. There's other options. Um right. there's gonna be uh, premium track rewards as well. There's universal ornament armor sets coming, one for each class. I like that they're putting ornaments back into specific armor sets again. There's going to be an exotic weapon ornament for Ariana's Val. 
there's going to be two legendary weapon ornaments, a new finisher, an exotic emote, and an exotic ship. I'm out of breath. That is a massive freaking <laughs> list of stuff that is coming for Destiny 2's Shadow Keep. That's huge. It's crazy. And even with all that, there still needs to be a lot of in-game content. Uh, that is going to be a challenge and really obtainable for only those that persevere, grind at it, learn how to accomplish it, and then get it. Because then it's you know has something for those people to grind for. You know, people will say, uh, I'm, I don't have the time. I can't get it. Uh, it's it, This is bad. Yeah. And I get you wanting it, but there has to be, they can't then baby that down for those that can't make it. There, there's going to be end game content that not everybody's going to be able to reach you, but those that want to grind for it, want to strive for that really hard, exotic, you know, if it's a ship, if it's a weapon, if it's a, you know, uh, ornament set for your armor or armor in general, then have that there, have that for the people to grind for. Yeah, absolutely. Because that, yeah. that's probably the best moments in any game is when you've sat there and spent, you know, however long learning it, however long trying it, and you finally complete it. And it's like, yes. It's, it's rewarding. There's a, there's a sense, yeah, like I got this accomplished. It's, it's fun. I mean, take our raid that we had last night. We, we had a really good run. We learned a great mechanic, and it took us a long time to kind of figure that mechanic out. What did we get after we learned it? A raid loot chest. Yeah. And we got some good stuff. Yep. And, and I think that was the whole point of doing it is, you know, not everybody is going to have a raid team. Not everybody's going to have specific things, but there's going to be anything and everything for a lot of different people that want to go play the game. And they're trying to make what's coming to these people from a loot standpoint even better. Yeah, uh, they still haven't revealed everything, and no, I don't. I, not don't yet. Think, I, I almost don't want to see any more until October first because they've revealed a lot of Shadow Keep. I, I would, around, yeah, maybe mainly around mechanics and how things are going to work, but they're still keeping the story under wraps. I, I, I don't want. I don't. I yeah. I don't want to know anything more about the story at all. Yeah, I mean, we already know ex some exotic weapons yeah. that are coming. I hope there's some hidden under, uh, hidden that we will have to find out right off the bat or they have planned to release soon after that people can already strive for. Yeah. I'm sure they do, but those are always like community building events right there, those exotic uh, missions or, or hard quests like that. Well, they've got a lot of stuff to tie in, I think. Bungie has positioned themselves really good for the next few years of content that's coming out. And I really like what happened with the season of the Undying preview that we got because we got a Vex trailer of something we saw a couple of years ago. Yeah. So that, that Vex trailer, that was really cool because people kept, you know, previewing this and saying, hey, there's this leaked trailer and then it just kind of got brushed off to the side as in maybe somebody made this for old, you know, content and they never did anything with it. But yet here it is a couple of years later for actual content that we're getting now. So I think Bungie knows a lot more about their game than they will ever be able to actually present to the community oh, sure. of where their story yeah. is going. 
two, three, four years down the road. I mean, they, <laughs> they have storyboarded this thing out a lot farther than they say they have. Oh, yeah. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, good job, Bungie. I'm really excited about our next topic. I am. Yeah. Not a lot of people are. There's a lot of hate coming around right now, but I'm super excited about this one. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, Star Wars Episode Nine's newest trailer that just released a few days back shows off some pretty interesting aspects of the Skywalker family yeah. because it started off showing the old history of the Skywalker line, which yeah, I, it was a basically a, uh, an homage to the Skywalker yeah. line. When I, it was funny because when I first started watching this, I thought it was some like cheap made up <laughs> splicing of other film. Like what in the world fan-made trailer, fan made trailer. What am I watching right now? But then I started understanding what they were doing. They were showing that history lineage of the Skywalker line. Yeah. um, I think it was about half. It had Luke's voiceover, which we heard from uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, A lot of his voice dialogue was happening there. Yeah. And explaining that we've now left thousand generation of knowledge with you. Uh, you're the last, et cetera. And it's when he was talking to Ray. So, and it's showing all the, from the very first time you see Luke in A New Hope, it walks through seeing all the Skywalker, all the steps to, to Anakin, to his fall, to rise as Darth Vader, the, the battle uh, above Endor where Luke fights Darth Vader, it shows that. Yeah. And then it finally goes into new scenes we've uh, kind of seen from different angles before, uh, but some new ones. Um, see Leia again. Uh, really, really interested how they're going to send her off uh, in episode nine because they're they're having to reuse, or maybe they 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 did get some scenes in records, new ones, but they are they were able to reuse some uh not not use, released footage yeah yeah not released footage from the last jedi i know they were previous movies yeah i think they were able to get some recorded footage before she ended up getting sick and passing yeah but which is it still stinks man it's one of the classics yeah one of the classics it stinks no more princess leia after this no more princess leia uh we still no idea we know Harris, uh, not Harrison Ford, um, Mark Hamill recorded scenes for episode nine. We know he was there yes. recording and everybody can you know, assume it's going to be a force ghost to, to Ray of some point. That's what that's what everybody's putting their money on right now. Yeah, At least I, from what I read, that's what I'm putting my money on. Pretty so, sure it'll be. Yeah, be definitely force. be a, a force ghost. Maybe we'll get some flashbacks of some different things. Maybe. But. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure we're gonna get uh, a Force Ghost, and I think we're gonna get more than just him as a Force Ghost. I think we're gonna see more yeah. multiples. I bet we'll have some Anakin in there as well. You think so? Think, I mean, there's been like zero of Hayden Christensen coming back. There, they, 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 they've. There's been people out there been able to keep an actor, especially if it's a small recording, under wraps. There is the only reason I say anything about Anakin is about eight months to 
a year ago, there was some leaked footage of Hayden Christensen on set with a lightsaber. Oh. But that was, like I said, eight months to a year ago. And he's definitely older. You know, he's, he's our age now. He's not the young kid that he was. He's right. you know, early 40s. And he retired from acting. You know, he, he? he yeah, he retired. He, he is actually a, a horse rancher up in like Canada or something now. <laughs> yeah, he's a, family, right. he's a family guy. He, he said he did not enjoy the aspects of acting and he wanted to spend more time with his family. So he retired and did a few things here and there. But there was some leaked footage of some images of him in an all black outfit wielding a red lightsaber huh. that came out. If that pans out, I don't know. That may have just been fan made material. Who knows? Yeah. But I really I think it would be cool to see that lineage and that like we like we had talked in our previous episode series that we did for Star Wars. At the end of the last movie, we talked about that passing of the torch with these new people that had come in. And we were really seeing in that last scene, the little kid looking up in space and just seeing the future. Right. And I think this is that whole closing of that chapter. I mean, this is it. This is the last movie we're going to get of the Skywalker story. Yeah. it. This 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 will be it. This will be a, a new handoff, and they've already confirmed the Star Wars story will continue after this. Right. This is just the as, end of Skywalker. Yeah. This is the end of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Of what we've experienced so far, um, and honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to it because they've had such great success with, you know, movies like like bring on more movies like Rogue One, bring on oh. more movies like you can say what you want, and, and Solo was a could be considered i think it was a sort of flop didn't quite make all of its money back yeah they they counted it as a flop i actually really i really enjoyed, I enjoyed the it movie too. yeah i re- and i loved rogue one yeah uh yeah and you know rogue one just you know take my money now type scenario right, right. uh so, you know, bring on more movies like that uh we're we're seeing another kind of Rogue One type setting with the Mandalorian TV show that's coming. Oh, that looks absolutely amazing yeah, too. Looks I good. really want to see that. So they're it'll be so we know the direction they're going with the TV shows. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what the next movie is going to be after episode nine. I think I think they've got a I think they've got a bright future with the series for sure. Yeah. I think for for guys that are our age though and older, uh it's it's going to be it's going to be one of those feelings, you know, watching any of the big epic movies and you finally finish that last one you're like, "Crap. What this now?" Is, yeah, what what now? This is it. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's definitely going to be it. Um what about freaking Ray at the end of that trailer though? Whoa, like that was a out complete of out of nowhere. Am I really seeing what I'm seeing right now? That really threw me for a loop. It did. Yeah. So, if you uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it because what we're talk about to talk about is very spoilerish of possibilities of the movie. So pause it right now. Go watch it. All right. You've been warned. You uh, have. You have been warned. <laughs> uh, basically, Ray came out as a dark, dark side, side user. 
user of the force. Yeah. So are we seeing a Darth version of Ray? Are we seeing a Darth clone? Ray. Are we seeing Darth Ray? Um, I mean, we, we have, it's already been confirmed that Palpatine is back. Yep. We heard it in the very first trailer. He even came out on stage for one of the, one of the cons that was out and presented some information about the movie. He's already said, Hey, I've done recordings for (laughs) the film. So I don't know. How do you bring, how do you bring Palpatine back? Cause the end of return of the Jedi, he was thrown down the shaft of the death star. Yep. So that's going to be one of those. that's they're going to keep under wraps and it's going to be like this huge reveal of how he's still alive. And how he's manipulating things. I mean, there there's a lot of different you know theories out there. There's theories that he truly didn't die. He uh, he's been rebirthed into another person, and that person's Ray. Yeah, there's all kinds of things out there. Yeah, that's actually one of the most prominent ones. Is Palpatine takes over Ray? Yeah, um, possesses him. You you know, uh, possesses her. Or uh, another one out there is it's kind of a force vision of like mm-hmm. Luke was on Dagobah where he saw a force vision of Darth Vader fought him and ended up being himself. Right. So maybe one of those. Um, so you have clone force vision and a possessed Ray. Uh, I think because nobody wants it to happen, nobody's leaning into that. This is actually Ray dark side. Yeah. Uh, Ray gives into the dark side. So uh, that's the final and one that not a whole lot of people are uh, holding on to because they don't want it to happen. Uh, would be almost cliche. Maybe, I don't know, maybe some redemption story there. Who knows? I tell you the, but it was so, definitely a wild card. Like, wow. It was a wild card. Uh, curd. It was a wild curd. Wild curd. Talking about cottage cheese. Now <laughs> I tell you the one storyline that I always wanted to happen. I always loved the star Wars novel series that came out after the return of the Jedi and, and a lot of the movies had happened and the storyline of Luke turning to the dark side and raising up into the emperor's position Yep, for a short period. I always wanted to see that as a movie. That was one of my favorite novel series for the longest time, but we never got it, but we did get it in a novel series. So, yep, we got, um, we got, uh, the I think that's now considered legacy. It is but legacy. It, yes, it, it is not. It's not similar canon happened, anymore. Yeah, it would be. It'd be interesting because it it could fall along the same line because in the story, Luke um, goes under tutelage of Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah. Uh, because he's still very new to the Force and understanding it, even though, you know, what happened on the Death Star, he was he was getting there to be. He was more of Jedi Knight level right. of understanding the Force. Yeah, but he he, does, he was definitely not master level yet. Yeah, Palpatine manipulates him. He, he was reborn and manipulates him because that's what Palpatine does best. He's a master manipulator, mm-hmm. as we saw evidence of Episode One, Two, and Three, and how he established the Empire. Um, so very well could be happening with Ray. Very you know very plausible and would be in line with the canon and actions of Palpatine to yeah. convince Ray to turn to the dark side. Well, and that that goes back to the 
the canon that we know with with uh, Palpatine and and his master and how all that fell out. So, which isn't considered canon anymore. Like you said, that's all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, super excited for the movie. I'm anxious for it to get here. It's coming out December. December sometime. I cannot remember the specific date for it, though. Let me look. It is coming out soon. This year is almost absolutely gone. It is already September. There's only September, three more months. Yeah. Uh, only three December more months. 20th is when that movie's hidden. September, or you mean December 20th? December 20th, September. yeah. Right, 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 before, uh, yeah. right before Christmas. Right before Christmas. That'll be a big push. Yep. It's cool. So, yeah. Um... Uh, Episode nine, that whew, that ending or that last clip, and then it just cuts yeah. out, has everybody reeling above anything else that happened in that trailer. People were speculating about that one spot, but another one that uh, people have. So we've now jumped to moving back to games now <laughs> uh, is our final topic, which is the deep dive video that was released for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, I would probably consider Cyberpunk 27 the most looked after hyped game in these two years like 2019 into 2020 yeah absolutely uh and man did they show off uh first thing though is i don't know what was going on with the graphics but it seemed like a downgrade had happened something something was eagle-eyed you notice yes so from what we got at e3 was beautiful and what we got in this was dirty dirty is the best word i can come up with it did not look polished at all yeah it didn't have like what we would expect if you would uh the crisp crisp feeling and full ambience lighting etc um detailed interactions that were happening just those, those minor details here and there that you could tell a game was running on pc and some people are a lot of people weren't even focused on them. They're just focused on what else was in the trailer. But there's some that are called out. And some have it chalked it up to like, maybe they're trying to give real expectations of what you could experience on console. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll wait for the first one, to, you know, the next trailer to answer that question or when it finally. You know, we're going to get a couple more trailers till then. But that was an oddity about the trailer. The, it was. That was the only oddity. The rest of it was just like, oh, yes. Oh, the the yes. gameplay, the story, everything looks freaking fantastic. Yep. Uh, they keep touting that your options of the game and your ability to play the game how you want is just going to be immense. Yeah. Uh, to to how you execute the objective how you want to, whether you know you, you do you know capture the person, kill the person, or however it may be. So that's exciting. Uh, you can ally with different gangs of different cities, the world, uh, what the playable areas and cities that you can go to is, looks to be just massive. And the stories that are there, uh, they showed off two types of play styles, which are not necessary classes, but play just play styles. Style, yeah. Right. Um, that you can pick up in the game with one being a very tech-based hacker stealthy person to another being just a you're going to go in brute force you can rip machine guns from turrets and use Leroy them to, style yeah yeah no joking you'd survive um they showed that play style but within those and one that has been just uh 
an awesome thing to see is that your skilled tree per se um you can't i'm doing quotation marks in the air right now even though you guys you can't see me uh skill yeah, trees makes perfect sense i mean why would you <laughs> not do it right <laughs> yes there uh you just choose whichever skill you want to level up at the time it is completely customizable to how you want to play the person do you know what excites me the most about this game outside of anything that we've seen from gameplay or the classes that you can you can pick out? What's that? Is it reminds me so much of Blade Runner. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. Blade Runner out of out of and we we just ended up doing a, a whole movie topic around sci-fi and fantasy films and Blade Runner was one of those that I wanted to add, but there were just so many good films and Blade Runner reminds me a lot of what they're trying to do in the cyberpunk game because of the story, how it feels, how it looks. So the world is going to be extremely immersive and I love that. Yeah. That's going to be fantastic aspect to it. Um, the, the, like I say, there was one other questionable area and the gunplay at least oh, just looking at it looked yeah it looks off. yeah something's not way. quite right with it yeah it just looked off it, it's not as solid as we have in games like uh halo or or you know some of those borderlands other yeah destiny where right. it feels solid each weapon feels like it needs to and that could change once we actually get our hands on the game and how the how the guns interact but from the trailer it didn't seem that way yeah but then again they had at the top uh this this is not final build does not represent final game type they, situation so they they did put that in there for sure and good on them i think yep. that helps answer a lot of questions like you guys are you know gonna gonna chew us a new one if we don't, <laughs> we don't present what we showed you at e3 and they didn't but i think yep. they did a good job yep. so i'm uh, i'm very excited about this one this is definitely going to be a pre-order for me yeah, same here. And and almost everybody I talk to is like pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. off like that week and playing yeah. Cyberpunk. Because, uh, you know, people have always, you know, they've enjoyed CD Projekt Red's last game of notoriety was, you know, Witcher 3, which is still one of the most talked about, you know, everybody has good things to say about that game. It's an amazing, I still haven't, I still haven't finished it. I started it. It's just there's so much to do in the game. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's one of those where if you're gonna play it, then you have to just not do anything else and just play that game. Just play yep, yep. Uh, but that is also what's led to it's just you know up there like the Mass Effect level of detail and stuff you can do in the game. Oh, it's huge. Um, and build out and, and you know, choices you can make affect it. So they're hoping, and it's looking like we're going to have the same type of interaction come cyberpunk. But then, uh, you know, what, what, what really is important, what we need to find out is more about Johnny Silverhand. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Keanu freaking Reeves as Johnny Silverhand, which is actually a, uh, come to find out, I thought he was going to be like a, like a co-op character that you, you ran with you. No, he's he's an AI that's in your head that shows up and can only show up to you and interacts with you and talks to you. So, oh, see, I thought he was an NPC character in the game. Yeah, he's an AI. He's like your Jarvis. Okay. 
or very snarky Jarvis. Just the fact that they got Keanu Reeves to play that is phenomenal because look at all the things that Keanu Reeves has done in the sci-fi films. Everything, take Johnny Mnemonic, for instance. Take The Matrix. I yep. mean, he's, he is a huge sci-fi fan. And now he's going to be in probably one of the biggest sci-fi games from this side of, you know, things, the way they do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be really cool. And I'll say, I, I hope his acting in there is fantastic enough to warrant, like, awards to be given. Oh, he, he absolutely. Can he can. You know, he, he gets a lot of flack for the acting that he does. Him from his personality, the way he acts, speaks, his whole mannerisms that he has, by far is one of my top favorite actors. Yeah, because he's, he's basically, he acts like a John Wick. Or he, a, he does. You know, he, he has some fun points, but really his mannerism is where it shines when he's allowed to be a, what looks to be like a Johnny Silverhand or a John Wick. Or yeah. you could say the John Wicks in those movies is just his his persona of... Keanu Reeves, you know, yeah. you can compare it to how um, Johnny Depp is just his persona of, you know, Captain, Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, Captain Jack yeah. Sparrow in all of them. You yeah. Know, yeah. Crazy, wild thinking, acting uh, persona. So uh, what I've seen so far, it. Yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait to just like have my first interaction with Johnny Silverhand. Yeah, that's going to be cool. And that's coming out. April 16th of 2020. Oh, so far away. It so is, but away. man, the, this year's almost gone. We literally, that's, it's six months. Little, just a little over six, six months. months. too long. But it's also, it's good it's out that far, but uh, it, it's good it's out that far because there's massive games releasing the back half of this. Oh my goodness. Back half there this year. Uh, so coming up many. in just this month. Yeah, so um, many things. So that brings up a good point. That means guys expect a lot of new content coming from ATG. Yes. Uh, from the combos of both of us, podcast-wise, Twitch-wise, on our Twitters. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. blown up. There's going to be a lot of stuff. And I think that is honestly kind of a good segue just to put a little bug in your guys' ear. Come January 2020, we've got a new launch pro uh planned for for atg we've got some things that we're going to be working on yeah don't don't look don't don't shush don't shush yes is it secret it absolutely is but <laughs> we can't wait till january gets here we've got some cool stuff Big planned stuff. victus and i have just really kind of been brainstorming and, and putting a vision together of what this thing's supposed to look like and yeah we want to continue growing this so I think that's a great segue for closing this bad boy up <laughs> and just thanking all of you guys for your support and just continually giving us a push. And, and uh, we want to thank you guys because you're awesome. Absolutely. And, and as I say in every episode, we're just a couple of nerds. We like talking about movies, games, tech, whatever it may be. And we uh, greatly appreciate that you guys enjoy listening to us and giving us feedback, listening, commenting, just chatting with us, sending us ideas. Uh, it, like I said, we appreciate it. Uh, but if you did enjoy this episode, you can be sure to subscribe to the show and drop us a review on iTunes. 
Spotify or any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also connect with us over on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I stream over on Twitch at Victus Dark Arrow. You can also visit our website at allthingsgeekery.com, and those links will be in the show notes. They will be in the show notes because I'm going to stick them in there. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys have any topics that you want us to talk about, look at, maybe share at a future episode, then find us out on our Twitter, like Victus said, or you can email any of those ideas over to us at podcastatg at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But guys, that wraps up this podcast. So as always, you guys stay awesome, and we will see you in the next episode.